Welcome to the More Than a Worship Leader podcast. I'm your host, Gary Durbin. I've been a worship leader for over 20 years, and I've learned a lot from so many on this journey. On this podcast, we'll have conversations and explore the dynamics of leading worship in the local church. Who am I? What is my value? How good am I in comparison to other worship leaders? These are the questions I've wrestled with at times over the years, and it's a glaring indication that I'm struggling with identity. For this very first episode, I've chosen to interview Ben Abusada. Ben grew up and resides with his wife, Addie, and three daughters in the Kansas City area. He's been a worship leader for the past 25 years, and 18 of those years have been at Grace Church in Overland Park, Kansas. He's currently the director of worship arts at that church, overseeing the production, worship, film, and communications teams. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Ben as we discuss the ways that we as worship leaders can have a healthy identity. Well, hey, Ben, welcome to the podcast. You've been a uh, Jerry. You've been a great friend for many, many years. So I'm glad you're the uh, very first one here on the More yeah. Than a Worship Leader podcast. Gary, it is so good to talk to you and it's good to see you. Um, yeah, I, I, it's been awesome and honor to, it's an honor for me to be your inaugural episode. So, uh, congratulations on the book and, uh, everything you've got going on in your world. It's been awesome to watch you growing and flourishing in your ministry from three or four States away. Uh, yeah, man, it's so good to see you. Thanks for having me. I was thinking about different worship leaders that I've met over the years, that can contribute to this idea of more than a worship leader. And you definitely popped on my radar. So yeah, I'm excited to have this conversation. Ben and I's background goes way back to the, the old days. Yeah. The, is it 2009? The old days of 2009. The, the worship conferences. Yeah. In fact, I had uh time hop is one of my favorite things. I love the time hop app. And I saw, I see pictures every year when August uh-huh. comes up, all of the photos and videos are July uh, from when that time time was back in 2009. It's crazy. Yeah. I think I met you and your brother. Yeah. Yeah. It's encouraging too, to look back and know that we haven't aged much too. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they call me, they call me white beard now. Yeah. Gray beard, gray beard, the worship leader. Yeah, I showed my wife one of the videos from the conferences, and it's like she's like, oh. "You were so, you're such a baby. You're so young." Yeah, you know? but we we're all babies. Yep, absolutely. Well, hey, one of the things I'm going to ask everyone that comes on my podcast is, you know, because most most everyone I'm going to interview has been a worship leader, is a worship leader. What is like the craziest or funniest moment that happened to you on stage? I have one. I have I have a few, but. Um... I think the funniest or most um, embarrassing moment was probably it, it wasn't even related to the music. It was the aspect of that every worship leader has to deal with when they're asked to be a person who has to give announcements or talk about what's happening around the church. So um, at the time, this was probably 12 years ago at our church, the worship leader was the one responsible for welcoming people, talking about the vision of the church, that kind of thing. So as you imagine, as you can imagine for a worship leader, sometimes your mind is in 12 different places at one time. So as I began to talk, I was talking about the vision of who we were at the time. And our vision statement was like, we want everyone to be 
we want everyone to come to church. We want them to learn. We want them to to learn about what it means to have a relationship with God and grow in their faith. Um, and we want people to love. We want people to love God and love others. And then we want people to lead. We want people to um, lead others to Christ and then lead beyond the walls of our church. And then I said, uh, we want you to go explore like what it means to be a missionary, do missions. Um, out into, and I said out into the outer rim. And I was like, wait, what did I just say? The outer rim is a Star Wars reference, which, which I said that. Uh, and it was quite a moment because at the time I just was like, I can't go on. This was so I stopped and I just said, I don't know what's happening. I said that was a Star Wars reference. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was a, it was a funny moment. So. Well, people I, laughed, thankfully. Yeah. I didn't and lose I, my job. I believe there's still footage on the internet of this moment. So at the end of this podcast, we may have to play that that audio from that. <laughs> Go that's, for it. That's just that's gold. That's gold. It is gold. Internet it is gold. gold. <laughs> it's it's it revealed how nerdy I am that that was something that just came out of my mouth. Uh and you know, it was it was pretty embarrassing. But one thing about you that I've enjoyed watching is your art like oh yeah talk about that with the whole with with what you've done with your art yeah sure i do artwork uh one of the dreams i had as a kid growing up what i really wanted to be growing up before i knew christ was i wanted to uh be a comic book artist and i wanted to draw comic books i wanted to draw uh star wars and marvel and that kind of thing and so uh then i got into music and then you know came to know Christ. And so my, the trajectory of my life completely changed. And, uh, back in 2016, uh, 2015, I met someone that was coming to our church that was an artist and they were doing work for tops trading cards for star Wars. And he saw my art and he said, Hey, you should put a portfolio together if you ever wanted to, to uh, submit something. And I was like, really? It's like, yeah, you could, you could do this. So I uh, started, I put a portfolio together and I started, uh, I was like, you know what, let's see if I can do it sent it to tops and I started drawing for star Wars, um, on the, uh, tops trading cards for star Wars back in 2016. I drew for rogue one, that movie, that was my first project. And then for the four years following, and I started drawing Marvel stuff for trading cards and that kind of thing. So yeah, it was kind of a fun journey for me and just to see if I could do it. And I accomplished a childhood dream on the side and uh so now i i still do it i don't do it uh for the licensed stuff anymore um because i just don't have the time and um so now i do it periodically people ask me for stuff and they'll buy stuff from me on the internet so god bless you internet so tell us about your journey to becoming a worship leader how did how did it start yeah uh well let's see when i was 19 i came to know christ when i was 18 18 years old and um, I was playing in bands and that kind of thing, you know, young college kid. And uh, then I came to know Christ. And um, at the time in 1990, what was that? 1993, like music in, in the church world was, you know, contemporary type music that I was into. I mean, I was listening to REM and NXS and U2, the stuff of the early 90s, late 80s. Uh, that particular style just wasn't something that was in church. And so for me, I came to a point, I was like, you know, I think I need to give this up because what am I going to do with this? Right. And uh, so I sold all of my stuff, all of my gear, all of that. And I donated it to a church missions fundraising thing. And 
Uh, then about a year and a half or so later, I was involved in what they called at the time the college and career class for those of you who grew up in the 90s and 80s, which was like a young adult Bible study type thing, right? Uh, they were like, hey, we should put together a group of people that could like do contemporary type worship music. Um, so they looked at me and said, could you do something? And I kept my acoustic guitar. I was like, yeah, I think I can. And um, so we started doing music and that was, you know, I was 19 years old at the time, 19 or 20 and, uh, started leading worship in the basement of our church during our Sunday school class at the time. And, uh, you know, I, I, at the time I was, I was kicking myself for getting rid of my stuff. And then someone made the great observation and said, you know, that was really the Lord. I mean, if you think about it, that was God giving you the ability to let go of something that was kind of a religious idol for me in many ways, right? Music was, it was like, it had to be, it was my thing. So it was actually a great growth process for me um, to see what, you know, what really was my priority. Was it growing in my relationship with God or was it, Hey, I want to, I want to keep playing music and do my thing my way. So it was really actually a great growth thing for me. Uh, and I think God really used that time. Uh, so yeah. So then, I just started leading worship and I was invited to, um, to do it at the church we're at now when we started attending there. Um, and, uh, then I came on staff at the church I'm at now and that was 2004 and I'm still there. So, um, yeah, so it's been quite a journey and we, I, I was, I'm a veteran. I consider myself a veteran of the worship wars. I lived through the worship wars of of Mm -hmm. the early two thousands. You know, it was, it was a war. Oh yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, we went through that whole thing of transitioning music and and all of that in the uh, early 2000s. So uh, survived that, and here I am now. Yeah. So, so you're at Grace Church in Kansas yeah. City, specifically. Is it Olathe? Is that right? Yeah, it's out in. Uh, it's the um, the first campus that we had, which is the one that's been around the longest. Uh, it was in Overland Park, which is outside Kansas City. And then we have one in Olathe as well. I don't know why they say Olathe because it's spelled Olathe. And, and so what's your title now? Uh, right now, my title is Director of Worship Arts. Yes. So yeah. take us through the journey from, you know, getting hired as that, that worship leader and now where you're at now. How, what does that look like? Uh, well, you know, you can draw on a map, you know, if you're going from Los Angeles to New York and you decide to go, you want to go up to Wisconsin and back down to Texas and you want to, you know, uh, so it's, it's quite a zigzag. Um, so when you're in a, when you're in a growing church or a, a, a smaller church that, that is growing, you obviously, you know, you wear multiple hats. And so throughout my history, the core, the core role I have played at Grace has been the worship guy. And throughout that time, um, there's been various hats that I've owned. For instance, communications was also uh, something that I um, that I was the communications director uh, because I could draw and I knew art and I had a blog in 2005. Right. So it's like, OK, you're a communications guy. So um, and that and it worked because I understood, you know, I understood I was there when social media started and, and you know, got us on on that platform, all those platforms and that kind of thing. Um but the journey to the to the place I'm at now uh, has been quite a, a a zigzag because we went from one campus to having multiple. So with that, you begin 
to invite others into the creative world and the department and that kind of thing. And it was something I was longing for was more creative talent and people who were uh, bent the same way as I am being on board at a church staff. Um, so the role had changed and shifted in many ways over the years, but the worship leadership where I'm at currently, I am more in the position of influence and, um, helping others, helping the young kids, um, in the worship leadership role and understanding what it means to worship leader. My door, I, people come in and out frequently asking me questions. How do you deal with this? How do you, what do you do with this? Or how do you help this volunteer? Or how do you have this difficult conversation? Or what do I do in this scenario? So uh, a lot of the experiences of me making really bad decisions have now come to be super helpful for others. So that's the role I play now with regard to the worship is uh, really helping train other younger worship leaders to become worship directors at hopefully one of our campuses that we might plant or a church that we might plant, equipping them with the skill, the knowledge and spiritual development and growth and leadership. So, yeah, it's, it is a big difference um, mm -hmm. from where you started and where you're at now, because, you know, where you started is where, if not all of us, most of us start is where you're the worship leader. You're the, the person on stage every Sunday you're leading the team, the band, the congregation. You're that face every week. Yeah. And then you make this journey to where you are now, and you're not that person, right? Mm -hmm. So now right. you're leading other worship leaders. How how has that been for you? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I people will ask me sometimes, you know, do you miss do you miss being on the stage? Do you miss doing that all the time? And I'll still do it every once in a while. Like I'll do it next month for one of our worship directors going out of town or whatever, or I'll play along if they need somebody. Uh, but I don't, I don't really miss it that much. Like I maybe 10 years ago might have, if I wasn't on there on a regular basis. Um, the, the joy that I have now is honestly on the other side of the room, the back of the room. When I see, um, when I see young worship leaders, accomplishing something and, and leading a team and knowing, having the knowledge that, man, I, God used me to help inspire that person to be able to do what they're doing, uh, brings me great joy right now. But I think, um, I will say that one of the, one of the fundamental core things that here at Grace that we have had since I've ever, since I've been there, um, is the value that, um, that we are, we are not centered on personality. Um, and so for me as a worship leader at Grace Church, it wasn't, hey, you're the guy that's there every week. I mean, it's, you know, we want you to build teams. We want you to invest in the volunteers that you have, that we have at Grace Church and, and help others discover their gifts and their talents. So, um, so I was always encouraged to let others lead. Um, so I would be on the stage, like maybe let's say five in five weekends. I might lead three out of those five and I might be on stage alongside someone else like up there on the front. And I've had people come to me back in the day. They'd be like, you know, it's just really cool that you, that you're up there and you're okay with not being in the center of the stage, you know? And I think <clears throat> that type of, that type of mentality and the way that we try to, you know, our goal is to help others grow. So it, it made that release for me easier because we weren't ever really built on a personality or we tried not to be. Um, so does that make sense? Absolutely. 
it does it does and it's one of those things that as you sit here and say it it's it, you said it it would it's easier for you to to accept that now but you said 10 years ago it might have been a more difficult thing to accept yeah. what, what's the difference now yeah the difference now is that at the time um you know when you're when you're when you're growing, there's just, and you're developing as an individual, there are just certain moments in your life that there are, there's that thing that is your thing, right? That, that this is what I, this is what I do. This is what I'm good at. This is, um, this is how I, this is the thing I do for my local church. Um, and at the time, like worship leadership was it, you know, and for me, like if I was, if I would be off like three or four weeks, I would start to get like, uh, you kind of get that little itch, like, man, I got to get up there and I just want to lead and I want to, I want to make music and do that. Not necessarily out of a selfish, it wasn't out of a selfish position. It was just, you know, that's what I do. Um, and I think for me back then, that was, that was my thing. And so as time went on and as other people began to be a part of the ministry and, and my, my people would start asking me questions, other worship leaders. And I was like, you know, I, I'm finding myself enjoying other aspects of my role, not just getting on the stage it's the other things investing in people investing in others and um training them and teaching them my from my mistakes which i've made several so mm -hmm. yeah, yeah i i think one of the things that we as worship leaders struggle with i would i would go so far to say that every worship leader struggles with this idea of identity and really yeah. wrapping your identity in what you do on stage, maybe the only worship leader that never struggled with that was Jesus. But outside mm -hmm. of that, I'm thinking probably all of us have had those moments where, yeah, where we've realized, man, our identity is wrapped up in being that person, you know, on stage every week leading worship. So, yeah. you know, for the worship leaders or church leaders that are listening to this, what would you say would be a healthy identity? you know, as a worship leader right now? You know, there's a few factors, I think, too, just in, in this conversation. I think one of the things with people who are worship leaders, I remember having a conversation with, um, I mean, you know, Rich Kirkpatrick, mm -hmm. right? He and I talked about this issue many years ago. Um, the, the, the idea that, you know, churches, Western churches, I don't know how it is now, generally speaking, but in the mid to or the uh late 2000s to the early 2010s it seemed like worship leaders were given a shelf life and when they reached a certain point in in their age they were done with this with this role right <clears throat> and that isn't that isn't scriptural there's nothing that that's based in in reality um but I think that contributes a lot to that mentality to people that they worship leaders. They feel like, oh my gosh, I got to keep up. I've got to, I've got to keep doing this. I've got to, um, you know, I got to keep up. I've got to wear tight skinny jeans. I got to, you know, whatever the styles may be or the trends or whatever. Um, so they're constantly finding themselves trying to meet a, a certain type of identity. And so um, I think if you can, if you can get beyond that idea of the surface stuff that involves worship leadership, generally speaking, even age and all that stuff and find at the core, what is it that truly is a worship leader? What makes someone who leads others in worship? It's not that you're five, five feet above other people at, at the front of a room holding a guitar or a microphone. It's how are you engaging with others and pointing them to Christ 
through your life, through everything you do. And I think if you can flip that switch in your mind from worship leadership being performing on a stage and that kind of thing, it, it becomes easier as your life goes on and you know, and slowly things start to change. You don't even realize it, but your role begins to change and you find yourself in more of a mentorship position than you are on a stage. Um, so I think if you can embrace that in yourself and that those types of things, that mentality will help you shift personally. Now, the things I was just talking about, the external stuff, I mean, your church leaders and that kind of thing, I think different churches, they handle worship differently. You know, they have expectations that are, that are, that they put on their worship teams that, that are, um, you know, they create insecurity in worship leaders and becomes incredibly difficult to meet standards for them because they think they need to meet a certain performance standard on a stage versus a performance standard of investing in young people. Um, so, you know, and that can be extremely difficult. So, and unhealthy for a, for a worship leader, but personally, if you can shift your mindset to being more centered towards, uh, Christ and, and understanding that worship is not just standing at the front of a room singing songs, I think that'll be super helpful. That's a good word. Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah man. What you said is kind of a, a true statement about the shelf life because mm. you know in the worship leader position that's generally looked at as kind of young cool hip i mean it's hard to to deny that you know yeah so any encouraging words i mean you've been doing this for a while i've been doing this for a while what would you say is a key to longevity in worship as a as a worship leader and even in ministry Mm. Well, I, the first thing I would say, um, one of the things I learned early on was what you and I are doing right now is finding other worship leaders that are not in your immediate circle um, and just talking to them. You know, it's just nice to just have those friendships that you can just make a phone call. It's like you're picking up from the conversation from five years ago. Right. And it's mm -hmm. nothing changed. Um, so if you can find people outside of your circle, like immediate circle of like staff and that kind of thing, or your volunteers, even if it's someone who's at a local church that's on the other side of the the county, right? And just go have lunch and talk to them. And um, that for me was personally one of the greatest things um, that I discovered in 2009, or it was when blogging started, really, 2006 and five, you know, 0506. When blogs started happening, I met Rich Kirkpatrick. I met several other different guys, Fred McKinnon. You know, we just that was just through blogging. And um, then in 2009, we all met face to face at like with you. Mm -hmm. um, but having those relationships that you can just talk about things that are frustrating you, mm -hmm. things that are hard. I mean, you and I sat on the phone in 2014. I think mm -hmm. it was a uh, probably till 11 o'clock at night one night. I think I was just so mad about what was going on in my world. And, mm -hmm. um, so you and I, I mean, you helped talk me off ledges before. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I think that has really helped the longevity because if you're just in your own little circle and you're not getting input from someone else, um, I think you can, you have the potential of drying up and getting extremely burnout. So just hearing voices speak into stuff that are outside is, has been super helpful. That's probably the biggest thing for me. Yeah, legit. I mean, we, I think we've all 
helped each other. You know, there's times in ministry and being a worship leader where you just need someone to speak into you, to encourage you, to edify you, to push you, mm -hmm. to keep doing good. Yeah. You know, when, when things are tough. So I certainly appreciate it. Appreciate your friendship through the years yeah, on that. That is a key to it. Making sure you have people encourage you because it can be discouraging at times and yeah. you don't want, you don't want that discouragement to take you out. Yeah. And my phone, just so you know, if anybody's ever listening, you can find me on the Facebook or any of that. I'm always available. I'm happy to talk to anybody. So yeah, for yeah. sure. That's awesome, man. Well, yeah. anything that you would like to tell the, the listeners about? I know you've, you've got something called the GC Collaborative. Oh, yeah. That's our that's kind of our worship arts ministry um, title. Um, GC Collaborative is you can find us on social media. It's Grace Church GC Collaborative. Uh, so it's where we we write music and we're trying to to develop artists within our church body. And, and right now we're pretty excited. This Sunday, we have a group of visual artists that are coming together. So people that like to paint. Um, we're identifying those folks in our church and trying to explore how can how can they contribute their gifts and their talents to leading others and pointing people to Christ in in worship at Grace. So um, so we're excited about that. We got a new song coming out um, that uh, Rachel Caldwell sang um, and we wrote. I, you know Rachel. Um, so, yeah, we're excited about that. I think that comes out um, September 23rd, like next Friday, a week from today. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, I'll definitely get a link from you, put it in the show notes so people can go check that out. But we are we are, are so blessed to hear from you, man. And we definitely will have you back on to hear more insights and wisdom from Ben Abusada. Let's do it. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks, man. See ya. As I've reflected on my conversation with Ben, I thought about the times in my life that I've found my value or worth or identity in lesser things or statuses in life. I greatly respect and appreciate Ben and his example. He's discovered purpose and fulfillment and joy in cheering on and empowering other leaders to success, even when it means he's not on stage. In my book, More Than a Worship Leader, I talk about the idea of replacing ourselves as leaders. And it really starts with how you see your value and worth and identity. Here's what I said. Our value lies in the fact that we are children of God. We have an inheritance in the kingdom of Almighty God. The same God who is the creator, sustainer, and owner of it all is our Abba Father. How often do we sit and think about that? How often do we forget this or take it for granted? That's a pretty big deal. Also, our value lies in replacing ourselves as leaders and empowering others. If you don't think your church or ministry could function without you right now, then it's only as big as you are. And that's very small. You will find greater joy and fulfillment by mentoring and empowering a future young leader than you will by holding on to your status with a death grip. It will be something to celebrate the older you get, and it's the ultimate way you can contribute to what you're leading. I hope and pray that this conversation has encouraged you to find your identity in more than just the worship leader on stage. May you find your value and worth and identity in being someone who loves others because you love God. Galatians 4.7 says that you are God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. 
As you listen to this right now, may you see yourself first and foremost as a child of God, because there's simply nothing more than that. Stay tuned for the next episode of the More Than a Worship Leader podcast. I'd greatly appreciate you subscribing and sharing. Thanks for listening. That is a place where you can use your spiritual gifts, um, your talents, your skills, and your abilities, all within the walls of our church or beyond, um, partnering with local outreach or also um, to the uh, to the out, outer outer rim outer rim i'm such a star wars nerd that's like science fiction <laughs> it's been a it's been a great weekend i'm still in christmas mode wow um <laughs> other nations not other pla- other planets <laughs> we would not send you there uh also okay so <laughs> i don't know if i can recover all right i <laughs> got a couple of things to announce. (laughs) I'm going to get so much trouble.